Hello, nerds of words. This is me talking to you. Let's get to it. First for this episode is the word ancient, A-N-C-I-E-N-T. We read the first two forms in the previous episode, and we're going to read the third form in this episode. This is a uh, noun from 1554. One is archaic. We have the synonyms ensign, that's uh, E-N-S-I-G-N, and standard, and flag. So three synonyms, ensign, standard, and flag. Two is obsolete, the bearer of an ensign. Now, is it ensign in this case? So it does look like uh, the word ensign can also be pronounced ensign, uh, which I had never heard before. So in this case, maybe that's what it means, um, or that's how it's pronounced. Uh, And the etymology does say this is an alternative of the word ensign or ensign. If you know the answer to that, go ahead and uh, email me, dictionarypod at email.com or Twitter or Facebook. All the contact info is in the description of the episode. Okay, next we have ancient history. This is a noun from 1555. One, the history of ancient times. Two, knowledge or information that is widespread and has lost its initial freshness or importance. And then it says common knowledge. Next, we have anciently. This is an adverb from the 15th century. It means in ancient times or long ago. Next, we have ancient tree. A-N-C-I-E-N-T-R-Y. This is a noun from 1580. We have the synonyms antiquity and ancientness. Next, we have ancilla. A-N-C-I-L-L-A. This is a noun from 1902. An aid to achieving or mastering something difficult. The etymology says this is a Latin word and it means female servant. So does that mean that originally a female servant was called an ancilla and they helped you achieve something difficult? Uh, What would that something be? I don't know. But now I assume that it's not uh, related to female servants. And now we have the word ancillary. So uh, this should be related to ancilla. It's spelled A-N-C-I-L-L-A-R-Y. This is an adjective from 1667. One, we have these synonyms subordinate and subsidiary, as in the main factory and its ancillary plants. Two, synonyms are auxiliary and supplementary, as in the need for ancillary evidence. And ancillary is also a noun. Next, we have a suffix, A-N-C-Y. It means quality or state, as in piquancy. Why did they have to give me a word that I don't know how to pronounce? Piquancy? Piquancy? P-I-Q-U-A-N-C-Y. Thanks, dictionary. Next, we have, I think it's pronounced ankylostomiasis. Sure, why not? A-N-C-Y-L-O. S-T-O-M-I-A-S-I-S. This is a noun from 1887. It just says hookworm too. So the second definition of the word hookworm, and the etymology says this is from the New Latin uh, ankylostoma, which means genus of hookworms. That is from the Greek ankylos, which means hooked, 
It's akin to the Old English anga, A-N-G-A, which means hook, plus the word stoma, which means mouth, and there's more at the words angle and stomach. And next we have the word and, A-N-D, probably one of the most uh, common words in the English language. This is a conjunction from the 12th century. One, used as a function word to indicate connection or addition, especially of items within the same class or type, used to join sentence elements of the same grammatical rank or function. To A, used as a function word to express logical modification, consequence, antithesis, or supplementary explanation. To B, used as a function word to join one finite verb, as go, come, or try, to another so that together they are logically equivalent to an infinitive of purpose, as in come and see me. Three is obsolete. It has the synonym if, I-F. Four, used in logic to form a conjunction. We have a phrase, and so forth. And we have uh, four definitions for the phrase. One, and others or more of the same or similar kind. Two, further in the same or similar manner. Three, and the rest. Four, and other things. And we have one more phrase, which is and so on. And it means and so forth. Not entirely different, but obviously different enough to give a definition for it. Next is uh, and again, but it is all caps. This is a noun from 1949, a logical operator that requires both of two inputs to be present or two conditions to be met for an output to be made or a statement to be executed. Next we have Andalusian, capital A-N-D-A-L-U-S-I-A-N. This is a noun from 1966. Any of a breed of horses of Spanish origin that have a high-stepping gait. And of course, gait here is G-A-I-T. And this word is from Spain. Next is Andalusite, A-N-D-A-L-U-S-I-T-E. This is a noun from circa 1828. A mineral consisting of a silicate of aluminum, usually in thick orthorhombic prisms of various colors. Orthorhombic is spelled O-R-T-H-O-R-H-O-M-B-I-C. Next we have andante. Uh, we have two forms, and they both will be the last for this episode. A-N-D-A-N-T-E. It could also be pronounced andanti. This is an adverb or an adjective from 1724. Moderately slow, usually used as a direction in music. This is Italian. It literally means going, uh, and it's from andare, which means to go. Second form of andante is a noun from 1784, a musical composition or movement in andante tempo. There you have it. I just remembered that I forgot to pick a word for the last two episodes. Uh, so whatever, I'm just going to deal with it. Uh, but I should pick one for this episode, so let's see what that should be. I think I'm just going to pick the word and because it's an incredibly important word in the English language. It's very simple and short, 
uh, but we would be lost without it. That will end this episode. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, this is Spencer reading The Dictionary. Goodbye.